All right, joining us right now is MLB columnist extraordinaire and an old friend of both Craig Heist and myself, and that is the one, the only Richard Justice. Richard, how are you? I was three years old. <laughs> I, like I don't it. remember that. A yeah. likely story. I, I, I texted Richard yesterday. I said, what do you think the possibility is of you and you coming on with me and Stan tomorrow morning? He goes, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I reckon I was at the College Park, I think it was called the College Park Deli. I think I was eating hot dogs and baked beans when Ron Swoboda made that catch. I know wow. I was on Route 1. And, and that's when they closed the yeah, deli. That's when they closed the deli. <laughs> hey, so uh, there's a newspaper story behind that. Uh, my friend Jerry Fraley, who uh, passed away, a yeah. baseball writer, died two weeks ago. We had a celebration of his life last Friday at the ballpark in Arlington, Texas. And one of the stories that was told was, he, and the Braves covering the Braves at the time. He was in Texas. He was in uh, Dallas the last thirty years. But uh, and he said the best ca- best sliding catch since Ron Swoboda, and <laughs> the desk inserted sixth inning game six whatever right. nineteen sixty nine World Series. And so Jerry, not taking that well, the next day had a reference to Interstate ninety five and inserted <laughs> in there the Interstate Highway system was developed by President Eisenhower in 1958 <laughs> to facilitate travel. That's very good. That's, a, very that's good. really an inside newspaper story. That is a great story. <laughs> how many uh, How many folks were there to, to celebrate the about, life of I Jerry I think Fraley. there's about 300 there, a lot of scouts, a lot of sports writers, a lot of great stories. I mean, the guy, the guy was a le- legend in the game. We were at an Orioles-Braves um, exhibition in West Palm one year, and he we never neither of us ever forgot it because I, now this could be slightly apocryphal, but what we remember is that Jeff Stone got thrown out for the cycle. <laughs> I believe Stoney got thrown out on every base, and That's funny. Uh, there was another Orioles outfielder who uh, made uh, an error to his going to his left, going to his right and coming in. So those were not the salad days for the uh, Orioles. Right. We just had Ross Grimsley on the show, and he uh, proceeded to tell oh us. Oh, my God, did he, did he, Earl love that man in he, in his own Earl way. He, he proceeded to tell us a story where Grimsley was pitching pretty well at the time, but every other starter was horseshit, okay? Right. And he calls him into his office, and they're all sitting on the floor, and Grimsley's on a chair, and Grimsley's confident. He says, you can't knock me. And he's, he's bad-mouthing the pitchers. They can't throw the ball over the plate. They're, 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 it's all hittable. And he says, and look at this guy over here. He ain't got crap, but he's getting people out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you know, uh, of that era, um, many, many years later, Earl's in his office, and I think it was at the Rangers' old ballpark, and he just starts screaming, like, out of nowhere, ah, the way Earl would do. And, like, what is it? And we look back at the door. It was Stanhouse. Don Stanhouse had walked up. And Earl's going, I'm having nightmares all over again. <laughs> oh, man, those are good times. Hey, I don't expect that you were at the game, but I just read the uh, – we just celebrated an anniversary on the 14th, which was yesterday – it was 45 years ago that Nolan Ryan had his 235-pitch game. Yikes. That's pretty amazing. 13 innings, I think it was. 13 yeah. innings, yeah. Yeah. You know, he's still – the influence he still has around here is unbelievable. Uh, 
you know, and there was a line Gordon Beard, the great AP writer, used when Brooksy went into the Hall of Fame. Like in New York, they usually goes, you know, the New York they name candy bars for Reggie. Here we name our kids for Brooks Robinson. Right. Well, that's true here. I can't tell you the number of kids named Nolan and Ryan. Kids, pets, everything. And when Justin Verlander pitches, you know, and he's been unbelievable lately, when he's got that strikeout pitch going, he always looks to find Nolan sitting in the stands. And uh, Nolan will come up to you and he'll say something like, Ever tell you about the day I hit bench? (laughs) (laughs) I go, uh, no, I haven't heard that one. They're going back and forth. And in the dugout, he says, "Um, who y'all want me to get? And Enos Cabell says, I want you to get bench. So he drilled bench. And like two innings later, bench comes up to, Cabell comes up to bat, and bench goes, hey, why me? What did I do? And and Enos goes, "Mm, that was my idea. (laughs) 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 Wait, one more. Let me, a real quick one. Same thing in Detroit. Billy Martin's managing the Tigers, and Nolan gets pissed, and he says, I'm going to get the next guy. I'm going to get the first guy up the next inning. I'm going to take care of you guys. I'm sorry about this. And it was Norm Cash. He looks at the line cards, Norm Cash, who's a Texan. And he goes, oh, I like him. And so before the inning starts, the catcher comes out and goes, uh, Norm wants you to know that this was all Billy Martin, and he had nothing to do with it. And would you basically please have mercy on my soul? <laughs> and no one goes, you tell him I apologize in advance for what's about to happen. <laughs> That's classic. Oh, another one of the Satchel Page said to him one time, Nolan, you know what the best pitch in baseball is? And Nolan said, well, yeah, or a well-placed fastball. And he goes, no, Nolan, the best pitch in baseball is a bow tie. And he goes, a bow tie? What's that? And he goes, up here. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, We're talking to Richard Justice. Sorry to let the train get off the truck. Oh, no, anytime you do that, that's fabulous. Hey, we lost Jerry Fraley, and I'm not saying I was a great friend of Jerry's, but I knew him over the years. Marty Noble passes away. Nick Cafardo. Has there been a time in your career where you've lost so many guys that you knew? No. And, uh, like, I got a text message from Rick Vaughn uh, during spring training that said, Nick Cafardo died today. Yeah. And I kept looking at the text going, what? Right. Like, you can't, you know, you can't get your mind around it. And I was down in Fort Myers a couple weeks later, and it was still raw. I mean, this guy was beloved yeah. in a way. You can't even comprehend. And for Peter Abraham, who covers the Red Sox, they were roommates for years. I, I, and I told him, like, I can't even imagine right. what you're going through. It's like a hole in your in your soul yep. that's not going to be filled. I mean, Nick was one of those people that everybody loved and respected. You you guys know Brian Butterfield, the um, sure. yeah. now the Cubs infield coach. And, like, <clears throat> Nick calls, brings him over one day and just says, this is kind of stuff what Nick would do, and said, uh, we got to get this guy a managerial job. He's ready. He's prepared. Nobody's more prepared. And he just, like, that. that's that's who he was. And Jerry Fraley was like a member of my family. Mm-hmm. And for, for for the last 30 years, he was he was the funniest, smartest. He, he asked better questions. His writing was, he yeah. write, wrote in a kind of a clip style that was just, mesmerizing um, one of the Rangers broadcasters, Dave Raymond, uh, just did Jerry covered a game May 5th. And, uh, wow. and he, that day Dave has his kid around the ballpark somewhere. And, um, 
and the kid's basically a youth baseball player, and Jerry says to the kid, hey, you listen to your dad. This guy knows what he's talking about. This guy knows baseball. And Dave, like, gets emotional, like, you know, like he said, that's like the greatest compliment of my life, that this guy who knows every manager, every scout, right. every player, knows the game inside and out, that he would compliment me like that. Like, I'm never going to get a higher compliment. Nice. And I think in the case of, uh, you know, I hadn't seen Marty Noble in a couple of years, but in the case of Nick, in the case of Jerry, I don't think we're grieving just yet. I went to see Jerry like five days before he died. Right. He was out of it by then. Joe West came by the day before. Joe West had been there the day before and tells you what kind of person Joe West is. Yep. But I don't think there's any grieving in that you can't comprehend it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. It, does, it still doesn't seem real. Yeah. It's funny just asking you the question. It hit me because I hadn't thought of Nick mm-hmm. in about two months now. And it's ironic I'm asking you about it. Normally the Red Sox are in Baltimore now. I would see Nick. I'd say, hey, can I get you on the show in the next couple weeks? And he'd he'd say, certainly. And he was such a gentleman and uh, uh, just such a brilliant baseball writer. We're talking to Richard Justice of MLB.com. Richard, let's get back on the field. Can you explain to me the new all-star voting system? Because I'm totally lost on it. Yeah, I think what it is, it's going to be two rounds. It's just to get the fans more involved. Right. And we're going to pick a top three at every spot and then have a kind of a playoff and uh, a runoff. And uh, But it's, again, fan vote, or is that where Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, no, at the, at the, yeah, That's but by the, end of the, by the end of the time, the full roster, those are still, we're talking about the starters there. Right. But then, you know, everybody will, the, the guys that deserve to be there most likely will end up being there. Okay, all right. To, to me, it just went. Pa- it sort of went past me. Well, and and the the first round of voting came out. The results came right. out last week, so we'll get another round, I guess, Tuesday of this and week. And it's all online, now. right? It's okay. all online. But yeah, and it's easy to vote. Like if you want to vote for um, Trey uh, Mancini, Trey Mancini. Yeah, you just Google the name Trey Mancini, and. Uh, and you can the the ballot will come up and you can vote for him. Really, just that's that that easy. Okay, I mean, five seconds. Brandon Hyde was wearing a uh, Trey Mancini shirt last week, right. and I was trying to get uh, Kristen Hudak to give me one of those shirts. I haven't had one yet. <laughs> we'll try and get you one one well, of these days. Let me ask you this then. Uh, I'd uh, rather uh, vote for Craig Hyde. Well, yeah, of course, but that'd be a write-in. <laughs> Of the of the third baseman and mark the, out schmuck and write Craig Heist. Yeah. Hey, I like that idea. A couple like years ago, uh, Matt Weeters and, and says, uh, "I said, uh, hey, get a second. And he goes, "I'm sorry, I'm only going to answer a hundred questions this spring. That was my vow." And uh, <laughs> schmuck just asked a hundred and three. Let me ask you this: when when we talk about the uh, All Star voting, you look in the National League. And I know all of the hype across the country is all about Nolan Arenado right. and, and the kind of player he is at third base and what he's done and what he's accomplished at this point. But if anybody has watched Anthony Rendon on a daily basis, how does he not at least show up in the top three in the National League? Um, well, you know, like I've known Anthony since high school. Um, well, I know he's not the biggest self-promoter. <laughs> that would be that would be the understatement of the year. In fact, <laughs> when I see him at the All-Star Game this year, I'm going to go, and you could have been home with the family. That's right, exactly. No, uh, no and question. let me just say one other side note about Anthony. He played at 
Lamar High School in inner city Houston. He played at Rice University. And what they'll tell you at Rice is, and I know he hasn't always been easy to deal with with the media, but they will tell you he is the finest person we've ever had play baseball at Rice University. But you know, you know That's what? That's a pretty uh, Lance Berkman played there, who's the, one of the best people I've ever known. Um, that's a that's a high compliment. Uh, I don't know why. I guess it's always been circumstances or something. But um, like he 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 should have been. What did he? I mean, he he was in the MVP conversation last year. Yeah. And I remember two years ago when Altuve won it, the Diamondbacks were in town. I was writing the column. The two MVPs are in the ballpark for this series: Altuve and Paul Goldschmidt. And I remember going to Goldie and saying. Uh, yeah, I've been writing this thing about how the MVPs are both in this series. And he goes, did Rendon just get traded here? <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, but the funny part about what you're saying is he has never been, like you said, real good with the media. That right. said, if you talk to him one-on-one, he is as, you know, open and insightful as you could talk to and get from anybody. Yeah. I mean, he really is. He just does not like the attention brought about himself and he just doesn't like it no no but you're right like if you just approach him 101 mm-hmm. he's one of those guys that listens to your question and gives you a thoughtful answer and an honest answer like i was talking to him this year about stolen bases like you know they have a lot of team speed and i said now are you okay with trey turner stealing and, you know he just went into the different thought processes of it about how he feels about it. bottom line is if you can steal, steal. But not you guys know not everybody feels that way about it. It's it's a distraction to right. some guys. We're talking to Richard Justice. Richard, uh, just uh, wanted to ask you a question about Mike Mussina. And I yep. said, I, let me look up who else is going in. It's a really interesting class. And I thought maybe in our last few minutes I'd ask you to give a snapshot of the top four guys that are going in of the current bunch. Edgar Martinez, Roy Halladay, Mike Mussina, Mariana Rivera, go. Uh, well, let's start with Mussina. Uh, to me, Mussina and Kurt Schilling should have been in three or four or five years ago. When you take into context the era in which they played, mm-hmm. especially in the case of Mussina, the the ballpark in which they played, and the fact, I mean, Mike Mussina's numbers are overwhelming yep. when you look at them. Uh, Roy Halladay had about a 10-year period where he was as good as any pitcher who ever lived. He had, uh, you know, I mean, and again, you have to take in the context of the era in which he played. It was, it was, a, it was a home run. The ballparks got smaller. The strike zone got smaller. The bats and the balls got harder, all of that stuff. I think Edgar Martinez, you know, I think some of the older guys had a, had a, just were inclined not to vote for a DH. To me, that was a mistake. Uh, and, <laughs> I mean, you look at what the impact hitter he was. It was astonishing. And then there's two other guys, Lee Smith. Well, yeah, Lee, uh, Smith and, uh, the Lee Smith and Harold Baines. Yeah. I voted for Lee Smith for a long time. And uh, Jason Stark wrote this, and this is true of Edgar, too. He wrote this a couple of years ago. If we're going to have DHs and closers in the game, if those are going to be jobs, then the best of the DHs and the best of the closers ought to be in the Hall of Fame. I agree. There was once when Lee Smith was going to pitch against the Orioles, against the Orioles in a spring game. Jim Dwyer, you guys remember Jim? Sure. He was giving the, his teammates uh, a scouting report on Lee, and this was the, 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 the scouting report he gave. Everything he throws is a fastball. 
And somebody says, wait, what about that slider? And, 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 <laughs> and Jim goes, yeah, don't worry about that. You can't hit that either. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, I, what I resented about <clears throat> the criticism of Harold Baines going in is that it just became, you know, we live in the social media age, the yep. p- political polarization and all that. People were looking for a reason to be pissed off and to, to scream. Yep. Yep. Harold Baines was one of the most professional hitters. Remember, didn't the Orioles try to get him, like, before they actually got him, they tried to get him, like, four years Four years row. early, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a consummate pro. And when you hear Jerry Reinsdorf and Tony Larissa talk about him, um, I mean, they have him on a platform that not very a pedestal not many players are on. So does he? Does the raw number say belonging in the Hall of Fame? I, I talked to the the historian John Thorne, the baseball historian John Thorne, a lot about this, and he he's a believer in a big hall, and he's a believer in in inclusion, that, inclusion, in notoriety, and yeah. how you're viewed in the game should have a role in the game. I got no problem with Harold Baines going in the Hall of Fame. Well, I thought to, it, glad to hear you say that. I, I thought. It was really disturbing the way Mad Dog Russo handled that with uh, Tony. with Tony Larusa. Yeah, yeah, it was just looking for, and, and Tony could have handled it better too. But yeah, yeah, you're right. People look for a reason to get mad today. Yeah, okay, you got that. Now we're right. mad. It's the end of the world. Harold Baines got in the Hall of Fame. You know, I heard it with Bud Selig got in the Hall of Fame. I mean, like, like th- this is the sport, you know, and and they they're the reason these committees are set up. And to to get people, you know, to 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 have a second chance at guys. Yep. And to me, like if you look at who's on those committees, John Sherholz and 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 Larusa and those guys, it's a pretty uh, distinguished group. They yeah. they're not a bunch of idiots. They know what they're doing, yeah. and they had reason to do what they do. Well, the next time you're on with Mad Dog on High Heat, I want you to reiterate exactly what you told us a moment ago, right. and that Messina should have hey, been well, in like. Know, he started yelling at me in 2017. When uh, AJ took Lance McCullers out of a AJ Hinch, the yeah. or Astros manager, took him out of a game, a postseason game, and it was like the end of the world. This guy screwed up. And what I my point was, you'd gotten six or whatever innings it was. This kid's had an injury. Had, it was coming off an injury. You wanted to get him out there with a positive feel. Okay, the bullpen melted down. And I was just trying to give the reasons, and he just kept screaming at me. And yeah. then I started screaming back at him. And the Astros pitching coach, Brett Strom, who's just brilliant, <laughs> he comes to me and goes, that guy's a – he used a word. Yeah. And he goes, and I'm going to send him an email. And I said, look, that's a stick, and that stick's made him a lot, a lot of money. money. Yeah. Well, but, I don't care. I'm sending an email anyway. That's right. But you need to tell him that Messina should have been in the Hall of Fame four or five years before he oh, did. Oh, no, no question. But <laughs> so, he also taught, helped me with Hall of Fame voting. He would, like, go down – Man, one of the things Chris Russo does is he knows he's his stuff. Hall of Fame oh, I didn't know that a Hall of Fame season. Yeah. And his thing is you got to have 10 before you get in. And it is one good way to look at Hall of Fame voting. Uh, last thing, you you didn't get to Mariano Rivera, the first player in the history of the game to be 100% <laughs> look at on his the vote. Postseason game logs. I mean, Joe Torrey rode that guy he sure did. <laughs> like like a thoroughbred with the whip on. I mean, it's <laughs> unbelievable the performance he had. And, I mean, like to me, the Hall of Fame represents what Mariano Rivera is, the best person, the greatest player, all of that. I mean, is oh, there- my gosh. I mean, those his postseason resume along, and, you know, Schilling has a pretty good one, too. Yeah. It's astonishing how good the guy was. 
Is there any chance at all that the the Veterans Committee or whatever it's called right now will ever get around to righting the wrong of Tony Oliva belonging in the uh, Yeah, you know, there's all those guys, Tony Oliva, and when you mentioned him a year or two ago, I went back and looked. The numbers are there, and I do think there's... Uh, I think I when think injuries rob be, you, uh, it's kind of like Bobby Orr in hockey. Panel, uh, you yeah. know, like a, to sit down like we did with the Negro Leaguers and just correct all the wrongs. Yep, and yep. Tony Oliva was, would be that. Gil Hodges might be one of those yep. guys. There's a couple other coming up. So who just Somebody just didn't get to 5% to stay on. Oh, Lance Berkman. You go yeah. look at Lance Berkman's, Berkman's numbers. numbers I mean, are incredible. I voted yep. for Scott Rowland instead. Yep. Uh, but um, hopefully some of those second chance committees take care of those guys. Richard, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on. Give my love to Marty. All right? Thank you. All right. Take care. There you have it. He's the best. Nobody better. Nobody better. He he belongs in there. Who? Richard. Well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if Gammons I mean, is in there, yeah, he absolutely. belongs in there. And Kenny, and Kenny well, Rosenthal. And Jason Stark. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Stan 